Have you ever been in a spot in your life where maybe you've had a job and you've worked for this job many years and you become an expert in that job? And then one day, it's over. The job is no longer there for you. It may not even exist anymore with the way technology is today. Technology has taken many jobs. So maybe you find yourself in a point where you have to be retrained. You have to learn new skills, new talents, new abilities, because your life has changed forever. It's no longer the way it used to be. Everything has changed. You're in unfamiliar territory. But remember, God is with you. I'm Alice Newsom, and you're listening to the Repurpose and Publish Podcast. I've heard it said that Graveyard is the most valuable piece of real estate on the planet because it's filled with unrealized dreams, ideas, and visions. This podcast is about denying the grave consumption of the great content locked up in my computer and taking the bold step to share my thoughts and creativity with you. And now, here's more repurposed content from my computer. Today, we're talking about God's plan. God actually left a plan in the book of Genesis that we can follow out to the T. We can see how God strategically placed the plan into action. We're going to look at a story. It's a familiar Bible story and it's a familiar Bible character. And if you know the story of Joseph, that's whose life we're looking at today. God's strategic plan starts when Abraham's name was still Abram. God told Abram to leave his family and go to the land that he was going to show him. And into the land of Canaan, he went. Canaan was the promised land. When Abram arrived in the promised land, God told him to look to the north, the south, the east, and the west. And every place Abram looked, God was going to give to Abram and his descendants for an inheritance forever. God told Abram that his generations following him, that he would be their God. All of Abram's descendants, God would be their God. They could call on God and he would answer them. God also warned Abram that his people were going to be strangers in a foreign land and they will be slaves for 400 years. After they've done the 400 years, God was going to deliver them with a great deliverance and they were going to come out with riches. Now let's look at God's timing. Well, when did this happen? God told Abram that it wouldn't happen during his lifetime, that it would happen after Abram's death. So when did it happen? It happened at just the right time. God needed just the right man for the job. God needed Joseph. Joseph was the love child of Jacob's second wife, which was the wife of Jacob's choice. Jacob loved Rachel, that was her name. And her sister Leah was Jacob's first wife. That's a very long story and we're not going to get into that. But Joseph was the love child and he was Jacob's 
favorite son. He loved him so much that he gave him a coat of many colors and that coat stood out from a distance. From a distance, you could see that multicolored coat. And that's exactly what happened. When Joseph was about 17 years old, he had a dream. He dreamed that 11 stars would bow down before him. He dreamed that the 11 brothers he had would bow before him, that he would be in charge somehow, and they would come and bow before him. He also dreamed that his father and mother would also come and bow before him. Joseph dreamed the dream and had the coat of many colors, and he would also work with his half-brothers, and he would tell on. So he was a tattletale. He was a snitch. He would tell on them and he would get them in trouble and their father would fuss at them or, or discipline them all because of Joseph. So because Joseph was a snitch and because Joseph was the favorite of his father, Jacob, even though he was the 11th son, because he was the favorite, because he was a snitch, his brothers just didn't like him. They actually hated him. They really did. So the brothers were off one day and they were working and Joseph comes and they could see Joseph a far way off. And the brother says, oh, here he comes. He said, you know, I really don't like him. I really just hate him. Why don't we just kill him? Why don't we just get rid of him? Now, Reuben heard them talking. Reuben was the oldest son. And he said, well, no, let's, let's not kill him. There's a pit over here. Why don't we just put him in the pit? And in the back of Reuben's mind, Reuben's thinking, okay, we'll put him in the pit. And then later on, I'll go back and rescue Joseph because I don't want to kill him and I don't want to leave him in the pit. How am I going to explain this to my dad? Because I'm the oldest son. So they decided to put Joseph in a pit. Joseph was literally placed in a pit. He was down spiritually. He was down emotionally. He was down physically. He was down in a dark hole. And he's crying out to his brothers for help and mercy and pity. And he's crying and he's, he's upset and they have no mercy. They like turn, turn a deaf ear to his cry. They hear the anguish of his soul and they have no pity. So have you ever been in a spot where you have just been abused or misused or, or you've just been neglected or you've been hurt and, and, and no one seem to have any mercy or pity for you. They kept talking and they said, you know what? I, I really do want to kill him. And, and Judah came to Joseph's defense. He said, no, no, don't kill him. Look, look, here comes some Ishmaelites. And uh, why don't we, why don't we trade him? Why don't we sell him to the Ishmaelites? At least we can get some money. Let's get some money for him. And, and then he can be on his way. And they can do with him whatever they want to do. Don't let that blood be on our hands. Let it be on theirs. Whatever happens to Joseph after this is on them. So they decided to sell Joseph to the Ishmaelites. And they sold him for 20 pieces of silver. There were 10 of them. They would get two silver coins apiece. And that's exactly what they decided to do. They sold Joseph to the Ishmaelites. What happened to you? <laughs> in your life. We all have life stories. We all go through things. But here's the point of this story. Joseph was down physically, emotionally, spiritually. He was down. But the Bible says 
the Lord was with Joseph. That makes all the difference. When God is with us and when God is on our side, no matter what we go through, the Lord is with us. He sees what's happening to us, but he still has a plan and a purpose for all of that. Joseph can look at his life and he could see how he was abused and he could see how he was alone and he could see how there was no one there for him. He was away from his family. He was separated. He was lonely. I'm sure he had many nights that he cried. But God was with Joseph and God still had a plan for Joseph. Joseph had to be retrained. Have you ever been in a spot in your life where maybe you had a job and you've worked for this job many years and you become an expert in that job? And then one day it's over. The job is no longer there for you. It may not even exist anymore with the way technology is today. Technology has taken many jobs. So maybe you find yourself in a point where you have to be retrained. You have to learn new skills new talents, new abilities, <laughs> because your life has changed forever, is no longer the way it used to be. Everything has changed. You're in unfamiliar territory. And this is exactly what happened to Joseph. But remember, just like Joseph, God is with you. Now, as Joseph lived in Egypt, he had several jobs. He was a uh, housekeeper and manager for Potiphar, who was one of Pharaoh's men. He um, was accused, actually, of trying to have sex with his wife. His wife saw Joseph. Joseph was a handsome man. He was young, and he was strong, and he was good-looking. And every day, he would go to Potiphar's house and work. He would manage his books and take care of the house. And Potiphar's wife noticed Joseph and she said, oh, that's a good looking man. And she approached him to have sex with her. Joseph said, no, I can't do that. You know, I fear God. And that's disrespectful to Potiphar. He's trusted me with everything in his house except you. I'm not doing that. Day in and day out, she would approach Joseph for sex. And he would say no. So one day she really got aggressive and she approached him and, and he said, no, lady, get off me. And he left his coat. Actually, she pulled the coat off. And he ran out of the house. And when she saw that she had his coat in her hands, she started screaming, help, help, help. He's trying to rape me. He's trying to rape me. So when Potiphar came home, she told Potiphar that story. And Potiphar threw Joseph in jail. Have you ever been wrongly accused? Has someone lied on you and it caused harm and suffering to you? Maybe you even went to jail because somebody lied on you. They said it was you and it wasn't you. <laughs> Mistaken identity or just lies. Just someone out to get you. They didn't like you. And they just lied on you and you end up in a place because of lies. This is what happened to Joseph. He goes to jail. Now, while he's in jail, the Lord is with Joseph. 
God is always with Joseph, no matter what Joseph goes through, just like with you. The Lord is with you right where you are right now. God is there and he's working things out. Now, as Joseph is in jail, he meets two of um, Pharaoh's workers. They're there because Pharaoh has thrown them in for one reason or another. One is a baker and the other one is like a, a cup holder. He holds the cup for Pharaoh. Now, Joseph, during this time, I told you he had to be retrained. So Joseph had to learn the Egyptian language. He had to learn their customs and their manners because he didn't know that. He was a Hebrew, came from Canaan, another land, speaking another language. So he comes to Egypt and he had to be retrained. So as he's talking to these people in jail, now I have to remind you, I have to tell you, while Joseph was in jail, God was with Joseph and God raised Joseph up so that the jailer started to trust Joseph. And, and they really didn't worry about anything because Joseph was in charge and Joseph took care of it. So there are some men in jail and they have dreams. And God apparently has been speaking to Joseph through dreams. God has given Joseph the gift of interpretation of dreams. The two men from Pharaoh's court had dreams and Joseph interpreted the dream. The first one he interpreted favorably. He says, okay, it means that in three days, three days, you are going to be restored. Pharaoh is going to call you back and you're going to serve Pharaoh with the wine cup again. You're going to be in his employment again. The baker also had a dream and it involved three days. And Joseph interpreted his dream. He says, yes, in three days, Pharaoh is going to hang you. And just like Joseph said, in three days, the wine taster, the cup bearer, he was restored to his position. And in three days, the baker's head was removed. He was hanged. After Joseph interpreted the dream for the wine taster, the cup holder, he told him, man, when you restore to Pharaoh's court, don't forget about me. Mention me to Pharaoh. Put in a good word for me because I don't like being down here. Just mention my name to Pharaoh. Well, the wine taster was restored and he literally forgot about Joseph. He was in that position for two years. Two years had passed and no mention of Joseph to Pharaoh. Well, Pharaoh had a dream. Pharaoh's dream was about the future. And he called his people in and he says, I need somebody to interpret this dream for me. And nobody was able to interpret it. So the cup bearer, he says, oh, I know a man. He interpreted my dream for me and now I'm restored to my position. He can help you. And so Pharaoh summoned Joseph and Pharaoh told Joseph his dream. And Joseph says, I know God and he is the interpreter of dreams. God will tell me what your dream means. So God told Joseph the meaning of Pharaoh's dream. The meaning of the dream was there was going to be a famine in the land, but there was going to be seven years of plenty and then seven years of lack. And because Joseph interpreted this dream for Pharaoh, Pharaoh put Joseph in charge of everything. He says, God has given you this information. You are the best man for the job. And so now Joseph is elevated in position. He has gone from in the pit 
to Egypt in the dungeon. And now he is second in command of Egypt, only second to Pharaoh. Remember, just like Joseph, God is with you. Hello, I'm Galene, your host from Let's Meet the Author. I want to go ahead and boast about one of my authors who premiered in the first season, Alice Newsom. I have read her book over and over, and I cannot put it down. I have recommended it to my sisters, I recommend it to my mom, to my aunties, and even the male members in my family. Finally, there is a book that talks about the women of the Bible. All right, and also it gives juicy details about the lives of Jesus' ancestors. The book is called The Sorted Lives of Jesus' Ancestors. Every family has skeletons in their closet. Jesus' family does too. You gotta get your own copy. Go to alicenewsome.com and go ahead and read it and find out all the secrets of Jesus' ancestors. alicenewsome.com Get your copy today. You will not regret it. I've been busy. I've recorded an audiobook too. Now, the audiobook is a convenient way to hear the stories of the women in Jesus' family tree as you go about your day. I'm the narrator, and it comes with a special audiobook companion document. Get your audiobook now. If you are anything like I am, then you have a stored collection of stories and lessons. I encourage you to get that content out of your mind, out of your device, out of your journal, and share it with the world. Enrich someone's life because they are waiting for you. That's a wrap. Another podcast is in the books. It's published. And I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, make sure to share it and subscribe to get each episode as it becomes available. And please leave a review. Visit my website, alicenewsome.com. Remember to repurpose and publish. Thanks for listening.